Good morning, good morning. This is Brenda Shoshana with your podcast for Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. I'm back again today with a new episode, a very fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I certainly enjoy doing it, and I love being here with you, with all of you. So thank you for your wonderful listening, for your notes, for your comments, for your emails. I really, really appreciate it and enjoy it so much. Okay, now we're going to start in one second, and we're going to go into our topic for today, which is falling in love with your fantasies. This is quite an interesting topic and quite relevant for all of us, my goodness, for everything. Not This is about relationships in a sense, but it's about our relationship with all of life. Is, are we in touch and tune with life itself or with our fantasies about life itself? Anyway, I have a little quote because so many people these days have been talking about love, 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 love. I want love. I do love. I don't love. I'm afraid of love. There have been so many comments I've heard and received about love itself that I really thought this would be very relevant and very helpful, especially in the summer when... It's a time often of love, romance, connection. We're free, we're outdoors, we're roaming around, we're on vacation. So let's look at this a little bit. Here is the quote that starts it, which says, A feeling that is here one moment and gone the next cannot be called love. That's by Kabir. I love that quote very much because... Many of us feel, oh my goodness, I have such strong feelings, I'm in love, they love me, I love them. And then, when those feelings shift or change or pass or pass, and other feelings come, we think, oh my gosh, I'm not in love anymore, it's all over, what happened, what did I do wrong, what's missing? And we torment ourselves, or we torment another person, that the person that we thought we loved. So anyway, let me start by saying that so many, many of us have great expectations of love and also of the people we care about, the people we decided, well, I love you and I care about you and and therefore what happens immediately is that we place our needs upon that person. We place our expectations upon that person. We want them to give a lot to us and we believe they will. The reason we choose the people we decide, well, I love you, the people we're going to love, is because they make us feel good somehow, one way or another, and they meet our needs at one point or another. Of course, this is based on the idea that someone else outside of ourselves exists to meet our needs. They're going to meet our needs. They're going to make me happy. That's a very common idea that we all live with. From the time we're little children, we have our mommy, our daddy, they're going to take care of me, hug me, feed me. And this way of relating continues, no no matter how old we get. However, as we say often here, life itself is nothing but change. So when the person changes, when circumstances change, maybe they're going through a phase, maybe they're concerned with something in their own life but whatever it is that happens 
and the person stops meeting our needs, stops behaving the same way, being so available, immediately we feel deeply rejected, disappointed, and often there's great anger as well. Many will feel betrayed, and I've heard over and over, I'm never going to trust or love again. That's it. I'm closing the door. I don't want to get hurt like this again. At this moment, we have to really pause and take a good look. What is it that is hurting us? Is it the other person? Is it the change that happened? Or is it our own demand, expectation, that that person always be there for us in a certain kind of way? If we didn't have that expectation, we would not be hurt the way we are. Let's look for a moment. Is this expectation, is this demand truly love? Or is it using the other person simply as an object to meet our needs, the way a baby does with their mommy or daddy? Is it really ultimately just a form of manipulation? Pretty scary to think of it that way, but let's look at it. Are we just manipulating the other person to, so that they can give us what we think we want and need from them? If that's what's happening, then our relationship is just conditional upon the other person making us happy. I'll love you. I'll be with you as long as you make me happy. So again, at this point, we really have to pause and say, well, is this love? It's a very important question. Who are we really in love with? Obviously, we're not in love with the other person. We're in love with ourselves. <laughs> we're in love with ourselves. We're absorbed with ourselves and our own needs, our own expectations, our own demands, that life or the person or the relationship be the way it suits me. In Zen practice, this is called self-centered obsession. We don't use the word obsession, but it's a self-centered orientation all around me, me, me. I will love you if conditional. Well, obviously, this really can't be love in a larger sense. Is this really love? One of the things, you know, we do in Zen practice is we take a step back. We stop racing around. We stop letting our conditioned ideas and beliefs run the show. And we pause. Zen is a really taking a deep pause. We sit down on the cushion. We stop running around physically. And even though mentally the mind might continue for a while, if we just sit quietly and pay attention to the breathing or the koan or what your practice might be, the mind also begins to quiet down. Our, our conditioned beliefs and expectations stop getting all that energy and stop running the show. Another part of us takes over, the part that is watching, the part that sees what's going on, the part that is taking a pause, the long pause to reflect. Although we don't reflect by thinking about it, we reflect by just being present and, and not letting these conditioned beliefs and thoughts take us over, 
like a hurricane. So I would like to tell you a little Zen story, that it's a true story actually, a completely true story, and to me a very pivotal one. You know, in Zen practice we have lots of little stories, mandos between the teacher and the student, koans, again, an encounter between the student and the teacher with a question, a vivid question. And um, these little stories, they're not to be analyzed. They're to be eaten up, swallowed, digested, taken in, boom. And they can be very impactful. They can, one little story or one little mondo or one little word can say much more than pages and pages of thoughts. Okay, here's the little Zen story. This, uh, this is about a young woman who actually deeply, deeply idealized this person. Idealized this person and, and felt very much as if she depended upon them to be a certain way. And also that if she just depended upon them, period. Counted on them. I ca- she counted on them. And she thought that's what it meant to trust. That's not what it means to trust. But she counted on this person so much. And then out of the blue, after a few years of this, she discovered that this person had secretly done some very behaviors that she felt was horrible, reprehensible, shocking. Nothing like she thought he was. Nothing that she ever imagined he would do. Completely different than her image of him. Shocked. She was shocked. She... She, she couldn't breathe, she couldn't eat, she cried for a couple of days, and then she was with a good friend of hers, and she was still crying. And she said, look what he did to me, to me. How could he behave this way when I loved him so much? That's what she said. How could he behave this way when I loved him so much? <laughs> Very mixed up statement. And her friend just paused and was very quiet, didn't answer. Actually, she was a very fortunate young woman. She posed that question to an extraordinary person. He's not alive anymore. His name happened to be Minpai Kushu, an extraordinary and very wise man. So she posed that question to him. How could this happen? And her friend said nothing. He stayed very quiet and listened. And she said, my whole world is shaken. And her friend simply smiled and and, and just listened. And she said, I'm telling you, I loved him so much. And finally the friend turned and said, what are you talking about? You didn't love him at all. You never knew him. You just loved your fantasy about him. When you can know everything about a person and still love them, that is love. Wow. Deep silence between the two of them. I will repeat what he said, because it's worth hearing again. You didn't love him at all. You just loved your fantasy about him. When you can know everything about a person and still love them, that is love. Well, needless to say, these words turned that young woman's world around. They came from such a deep place in the other 
and also they spoke right into her pain, stopping it immediately. She realized, oh yes, I was in love with my fantasy, not with him. In fact, I never knew him at all. What a moment. What a moment. And if the truth be told, this condition is true for most of us. It's part of the human condition. Rare to really know another. Easy to fall in love or to fall out of love with a fantasy. However, from the Zen point of view, the greatest act of courage and wisdom is to see through our fantasies and to meet the person, the real person who is truly standing before us. Who are you? To meet them. When we let go of our fantasies about them, our demands, our expectations, our needs, and we're there with them, wow, a real meeting can take place. When we're speaking about truly loving someone, we're really talking about knowing and valuing a person exactly as they are. Not as you want them to be, or you think they should be, but as they are. After all, if we pause for a moment, it's easy to see that we're all in the process of constant change, constant change and growth different moods, different moments, <clears throat> excuse me, different mistakes. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Is it is that a reason to take your love away from someone? Because of a mistake, because of a moment, because of a difficulty they're going through. Loving someone means truly knowing them, meeting them being with them fully and not using them to meet your own needs. That's so important. I'm not saying you have to approve of all their behavior. I'm not saying you have to copy it or do it too, but make space to know the whole of them. This is just part of them. And the more you can hold it in a larger perspective, the sooner that difficult part will go. The more you hate it or rail against it or reject them for it, the more intense you, it becomes and the harder it is to see past it and for it to dissolve. Exercise for you if you'd like to do it. I've done it. I like it. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's useful. It's good. Take a few moments to become aware of your favorite fantasies about others and also about yourself because the truth is the way we treat others is exactly the way we treat ourselves. So if you're not living up to your own fantasy, you're in trouble too. Now, now in this exercise, see how much pleasure these fantasies give you. Ah, my prince has come. He's everything I've always wanted. He'll always be just the same way for me. See what pleasures you get from these fantasies. And then stop for a minute and see the pain and the pressure and the disappointment they cause you as well. What happens when these fantasies aren't fulfilled? What happens when people and life change? And when you change? And when you're not meeting your own fantasies or expectations? How do you react then? 
take a little time now and try something different just for today. Let go of some of the fantasies you've been clinging to and just let everyone be exactly as they are, including you, <laughs> including yourself. What an act of love that is. Wow. What an act of love. I allow you to be exactly as you are. Be with everyone, placing no demands upon them, just enjoying whatever you discover. And as you do that, watch how everyone changes, including yourself. There's really a lot more to say about this, and I will continue it in our following podcasts. I also want to thank you again for being here with us. Uh, the, the website for the podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com and my personal website is www.brandishoshana.com I am also have the pleasure to announce that I'm going to be lead, co-leading a lovely workshop with John Mundy on Zen and the Course in Miracles, which is a beautiful, beautiful program and practice. This will be on August 12th, Sunday afternoon in Manhattan at um, 109 East 39th Street, the Institute for Jewish Science. Um, And there'll be more details about this coming up, but if you care to register for this program, you can contact Eileen at miraclesmagazine.org. Eileen, E-I-L-E-E-N, miraclesmagazine.org. Okay, and you can always reach me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. It's great to be sharing these thoughts with you. I really enjoy it. I hope you do too. And I wish you a beautiful, beautiful day.